At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that rave line! Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year oh no hello everybody welcome back to reign of true radio we have a special episode talking usc idealism with our friend ryan abraham of uscfootball.com i'm your host michael castillo joined along with my co-host alicia Daratola. hello everybody and from uscfootball.com welcome to the reign of troy studio in la ryan abraham Hello, everybody. I always want to say that. <laughs> What's up, guys? Thanks for having me in. It's great to be in the Rot Studio. So yeah. this is very cool. Yeah. Super official in here. Super excited. Yeah, dude, this is official stuff. I mean, you got USC memorabilia all over the place. You got the, you know, once you have the sound dampening stuff on the walls, you know this is a legit thing. You got yeah. the big mixing board. You, yeah, this is real. It's it's not a studio unless you have those foam things up on the wall. And we do have a wall of foam things. There's a wall of foam things. Back when I was an engineer, when you would have like these kind of soundproof rooms for whatever, like for waves, you know, antenna waves and stuff, they would have these like eggshell looking things. And it's similar kind of stuff, but yeah. uh, it helps. It sounds so much better. And we know Michael wants everything to sound great. The, the audios are yeah, arranged. That's the, that's the, that's the hope. Hopefully this sounds good. Uh, we, we've turned off the refrigerator. Yep. We, have a, we have a mini fridge in the studio and we were talking to Riot about it. Like sometimes we have to turn that off. And right before we started to record, I had to turn it off. Yep. It's very cold, so you probably need to turn it off every once in a while anyway. Maybe that'll help with the temperature. I mean, that thing is freezing cans of Diet Pepsi that are exploding every other day. I've had to clean the thing out twice. And I don't like, I don't under, I keep turning down the volume and I mean, uh, turning down the, the uh, temperature and maybe I'm turning it down, like down in terms of. You're lowering Temper- the Maybe I'm lowering the temperature by turning the number down. I don't know. I don't know how to work this thing. So I, I, I'll figure it out eventually. But I did have some extra Pepsis to, to hand out that hadn't exploded yet. So that's yeah. exciting. Or like Michael grilled for us. It's yeah. like, this is great. I got to yeah. have lunch in the studio. A really cold diet Pepsi. So yeah. thanks for uh, 
I mean, I thought you guys were avoiding me for years, and now see, you know, I'm here. We just didn't want to see. This is like my, <laughs> as an aside, my brother got an apartment with his wife, and my mom kept waiting for the invite to go, like have dinner at the apartment. And she kept telling him, like, when am I going to go have dinner? When are you going to cook me dinner at your apartment? And my brother was always like, it's too small. It's too small. It's too small. When we get a bigger apartment, I'll invite you. Like, we can't really have people over because it's such a small apartment. So that's like with with Ryan, like, you're the the big dog. Like, we oh, had wow. to get everything prepared. You had to, we, <laughs> we couldn't bring you in for a show without there being a proper studio as you are as you are used to we couldn't bring you in unless we could give you a throne to sit on i'm sitting on a throne so he's sitting on the usc throne (laughs) uh which is really a throne like couch chair that's in the studio so you know only the best only the best for for ryan well we had you in uh and i think that was before we did some of the redecorations and stuff but we have to have michael in sometime too so it's fun we i love doing the the live stuff in there. And this makes a big difference. I know for, if you listen to other podcasts, I listen to podcasts, you know, national level guys, it just doesn't sound very good. And you guys do a really good job with the audio quality and having a space like this really helps. And I think it helps build the audience because there, you know, some people, it doesn't matter, but other people are like, Hey, you know, I'd rather listen to something. If I'm going to take my time to listen to this, I want it to sound good. So I'm not endorsing all of the audio czars, <laughs> like intricacies and stuff, but you know, you, it's good, good that you have a, a quality, you know, sounding show and having a studio like this really helps. But then we can do things like our phone number. You can dial into the, to the Ranch Roy Rant line at 213-373-1USC second what's show. show. We can do that kind of thing. Oh, nice. there, there I'm not great at the pitching stuff on the podcast because it's weird. Like you guys have a website. You, there's a lot of content that goes up. You're writing stories. We're doing the same kind of thing. At uscfootball.com, uh, your friends over at the at the Audible, like Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel, talk to them about this too. They're they're primarily writers, you know. They're writing stuff. When you create a podcast, it's a different audience a lot of times. Now, there's people that are reading your stuff, but there's a lot of people that are only listening to you. And I think right. even they were shocked when you would talk to them, and they were like. Yeah, someone would come up to me in an airport and go, I love your podcast. And like, oh, did you read my column? He's like, no, I don't read your stuff, but I listen to your podcast. (laughs) It's like this whole other world where you don't. So I think you we have to make sure we do a good job of promoting the the other stuff, too, especially stuff that, you know, it's on the website. You want them to be able to read that stuff. But I I don't do a great job of it either. But there's you realize that there's a whole bunch of people out there that are just I'm a podcast fan. I love Reign of Troy radio as opposed to. They may have never even been to the website before. Yeah. Oh, we've we've met we've met many of those people. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> Which is weird. It's like no, you don't think of it that way. But there's so many different ways to consume stuff. They might only follow you on Twitter, or they're only I uh, watch your periscopes, or whatever it is. But there's just people consume it different ways, and sometimes it's a real small part of what you do, and then sometimes it's like I see, read, listen to everything you do. Yeah, I'm guilty of that too with my Liverpool podcasts, like. They have caught. They have. They've written content. I don't read it. Really, it takes effort to go and sit down and read something. I'm very much a listen all day to books or podcasts or whatever stuff. So, so yeah. you're not on like Liverpool message boards, like I'm discussing not on Liverpool message boards. You're, no. you're not on the Liverpool version of the P. I am not on the li- well. It's called the Red and White Cop, and I am not on the <laughs> Liverpool version of the P. I can only imagine uh, how crazy it is over there at at, at different times, but. Yeah, I, I, there was a time in my life when I was a message board person. I don't have time in my life anymore to be a message board person. Well, it, you guys do your Slack channel, so it's similar. Yeah, right? it's, I mean, but yeah. it's a, it's a smaller sort of small doses kind of community where 
you know, there's like a dozen or so, you know, dozen to 20 people in there at any, you know, in any given time. And it's a mix and match. It's not the madness of of a true message board like the P or like a, a super active message board like the P yeah. where like one thread you come to it, you know, an hour later and there's 12 pages and you're just like, I don't know yeah. what's going on anymore. It's weird because that's, you know, when I started USAFootball.com in like 96 and I was an engineer, I ran, I had this Perl script that would run. It was like the first really interactive message board. Message boards are pretty old technology. And I don't know. I mean, I'm still part of it because that's part of our website, but it seems like at least in some parts of the internet they they work. But I think some of the millennials are like, what the heck are you doing on this message board? And people don't get it, but it's still really active. People are on there all the time. And I think what people don't understand is it's mostly being read. Your people are reading it. Like 90% of the people are just there lurking, lurking. or whatever, reading. Yeah. And it's like 10% of the people are creating all of the the talk and they think they're the entire universe. And it's like, really, there's a whole bunch of people that don't say anything that are just reading everything you say. And it's hard to get. But it's, it is weird because it's been around 20, you know, more than 20 years. And I, I don't I mean, there's, you know, I, I like I look at like Slack. We use it for 247 stuff internally. And I'm like, this is just like a message board. Yeah. I don't know, you know. It's it's a way, it's essentially a message board or a chat room that the you can. Chat room, yeah. Pro, that you can, private, more like a chat room, but chat you can, room, that yeah. you can privatize. And yeah, uh, like not privatizing like a business sense, but like in the sense of you, you pick and choose who's in there. Right. So I don't know. I, I personally, I like I said, I was a message board person. I grew up on message boards. I loved them. Um, if I wasn't doing the job I currently do, I would probably go back to message boarding because <laughs> <laughs> where else would I get my craziness about USC out? So you know, it's it's just the way we process. Were, were you still Penguin of Troy on those message boards? I was Penguin of Troy. Uh, when did I come up with Penguin? Probably, yes. I don't think it was my first ever handle on a message board, but I'm pretty sure because people know people knew me even back then as Penguin. Okay. Uh, so I was on like the WeRSC message board way back when. And I want to say by then I was already Penguin of Troy or about to become Penguin, Penguin of Troy. So I was on a Cubs message board and. I had a really embarrassing name. Uh, I, I this this came from when I was a kid, so don't don't beat me up for it. It was Cubs destined to win. <laughs> really nice. stupid, really stupid, right? So I was on this message board, and then we migrated like two or three times. But everyone would just call me Destined, just because there's you shortened it, yeah, right? yeah, that makes sense. Which I hated because then it made me sound like such a like egotistical person. <laughs> Did like, it? Uh, Destined? Uh, no, I think that's a cool nickname. I like it. Destined? I like it. No, yeah. like it's, it's so. It, I love see, and that's when you and that's when you know you're in the message board community when you get the nick nicknameified. So yeah, like, right. like um, I'm trying to remember. There was like you know. On the on the old um, we are a seaboard. There was like you know TW, and you knew who TW yeah, was, right, and like yeah. you knew who um, I'm trying to. There were so many guys. Like you just you 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 would shorten it, and you'd know everyone knew who you were talking about because they were the popular people. Yeah, you know, Destin sounds or 55 like, or like I'm just thinking of like right. random. Yeah, yeah, we get there's like there's a guy LV Lone Pro. LV, like, yeah. Like, there's Lone Pro guy or whatever. Like there's yeah. you know there was the MVTs of the world, people like that. But like yeah. Destin sounds like. You know, if you're like watching ESPN two at like midnight and it's like some video game competition, it's like Destin taking on, you know, whatever. <laughs> like Destin, so you're like this guy, like, you know, in the it, it's, it's it's a little a little yeah. quirky in that sense. Yeah. I, I could see it. 
So, Ryan, have you ever had a message board name that wasn't just Ryan Abraham? Yeah, like uh, my parents used to call me Pistol Pete when I was a kid. So I think that was one of my first ones. Why? After Pistol Pete Maravich. uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, So that was like kind of an early handle, I guess you could say. Um, I don't even know for for Twitter where Inside Troy, like, like, I don't know, just like I had that one. There wasn't like some good ones. Uh, but yeah, it was mostly once I, I think when it rivals, I was like, I just want to be Ryan. So I was just Ryan. Yeah. And, uh, I think when we went over to scout and now 24 seven, it was the same kind of thing. So I'd just be Ryan Abraham. But yeah, it was back in the day. It was funny. Gerard Martinez, our recruiting guy used to be, so he went to USC for one semester. Uh, and then it was like too expensive. He went to Fullerton after that to finish his, uh, um, with his journalism degree, but he was Troy Annenberg on the, uh, on the team <laughs> back in the day, which is how like people are like, how did you get Gerard? Like he was a poster on the message board, but like was really knowledgeable about recruiting and I ended up hiring him. But he was, yeah. So some people call him TA or Troy Annenberg now, yeah. just, but that was like 15 years ago. Or something <laughs> when had that name. You're talking about Gerald, right? Gerald. Gerald. Yeah. Gerald Martinez. <laughs> Ger- Gerald, like Gerard Martinez, who's like, I think I'm more, uh, Mexican than he is, you know, like it's funny when we go out, we go, it's, he's, I mean, he's the greatest, like he's, he's really good at his job and we'll go out to uh, San Antonio or whatever. And he'll have like his one like fruity margarita drink and stuff. And he just, you know, he's just, he's a guy that just does his own thing. A lot of us are quirky in this, you know, in this industry and stuff, but I love Gerard. We've been together for, for a long time, but he's a funny dude. Yeah. You're talking to the two worst Mexicans in Los Angeles. So Gerard sounds like my kind of yeah, we, dude. We have Ryan over and make carne asada tacos. And we're like, Ooh. yeah, we have no salsa, <laughs> no chile, no nothing. Sorry. It's fine. It was, you know, whatever. It was, it was funny because I, I thought of you guys because, you know, there's a lot of terrible food takes, which everyone like you know, knows. <laughs> but uh, I hadn't got into the whole Popeye's chicken sandwich craze when it was going on. People were social media and up. And I, I don't know. I just, there's not like a real Popeye's around me. I was had to go to the Hawthorne DMV this week to get my, you got to get your real ID. I mean, I made an appointment to like in November. So like my, my license was expiring in December and it wasn't until, you know, it didn't come up until like late January when your appointment was like a couple months later, like, wow, this is crazy. And then once the crunch comes for like, it has to be done by October, it's going to be insane. Yeah. But anyway, got out of the way, that. but, and I was like, I want to go, I want to have a Popeye's. It, was, it took me about an hour to get out of there, which wasn't bad. Like if you have an appointment, it helps. And I'm like, and there was a Popeye's right around the corner, tried the chicken sandwich and uh, got the spicy one, no pickles like Alicia does. And uh, it was, it was pretty good, but I wasn't like, oh my God, I have to eat this sandwich like all day long every see, day. See, my thing is, is it worth waiting 45 minutes in a drive-thru thing? Like the first time I had it? Probably not, but. It might be the first time the for first the time, novelty of Yes. It. After that, no, I don't, I don't think there's any food that's worth waiting 45, 45 minutes, minutes yeah unless it's like some like a deep dish pizza or, or something. something like that yeah, yeah. Sure. but i have a popeye's literally right down you know on the major street near me so now that the rush has died down is it worth me popping into popeye's to get a chicken sandwich in the normal yeah. drive through wait time hell yes it is i love that thing so yes it's an outstanding chicken sandwich but it's an outstanding chicken sandwich the way that Chick Fil A is an outstanding chicken. Yeah, chicken sandwich, I love Chick Fil A. You, know? you know, and it and or I that In and Out is an outstanding burger. You know, it's just like that. And Michael was talking about it's, was it wasn't a super spicy sandwich, but it's more they just put this kind of uh, the sauce, the yeah. sauce yeah. on it, and then I put a thing of hot sauce on it. And I'm not like die spicy food guy, but it's still. I mean, at the end, I think it hit you a little bit later. It was it was still 
pretty good. But I, I always think about when you guys talk about like the perfect food of what you would like kind of eat forever. And there's a lot of good things, but like, I still like breakfast burrito is hard for me to get over. Like, I think that's still it. But I thought about this last night. One of my favorite, and I'm a, a sweet, I'm a sweet tooth guy, but the perfect dessert, I love ice cream cookie sandwiches, you know, and it's yes. just like you got the cookie and the ice cream all kind of together with, you know, I love peanut butter, Reese's, all that stuff, put everyone in there. I'm like, I think that would be my perfect dessert. Like if you can only eat one dessert, I think it would be an ice cream cookie sandwich, you know? So you're like a D.D. Reese person? I love, I love D.D. Reese. Yeah. Whenever I'm up in Westwood, I'll try to uh, stop by there. And they're so, it's so cheap, you know, you get the cookies are good, but the ice cream sandwiches are You got to have the cookie warm too. Yeah. See, I'm weird. You don't like them? I'm je- it's not that I'm against them because I like cookies and I like ice cream, but I don't actually like ice cream it's like i think ice cream with cake or ice cream with a brownie elevates both with a cookie i'd kind of just rather have them separate i don't know i don't know i love it yeah i love those things but breakfast burritos are awesome i I, I think pizza i mean pizza is like yeah but i think it might be tough to eat forever some kind of sandwiches like meatball sandwiches i don't know something like that but like like sushi is very versatile like if you were just say hey i could eat sushi forever yeah but it's fish fish. the the thing (laughs) with those questions is it's always comes down to what are the restraints because is pizza in general the end like there's a million different types of pizza yeah or is it just like you have to choose or is it pizza cheese pizza from costco yeah yeah yeah. i mean like you got a pepperoni and that's all you eat forever or it's like any kind of burger you would want which is like again there's a million different types of burgers or are we just talking about the burger from Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. yeah. Tacos, like how many, you know, how many different yeah, ways you can do Yeah, no, we're talking carnitas, you know. Because then the answer or... should be pasta, because there's you a billion times right. kinds of pasta. Well, see, I'd still go with pizza, but, because I could top the pizza with whatever I want. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I My brother literally showed me a picture the other day of a pizza topped with kiwi. Oh, God. And while I'm very skeptical no, of this. No, I'm game to try. Wait, are you guys, what are you guys on the pineapple thing? I are like you, pineapple. No, I love no, fruit no, on pizza. Yes. Okay, yeah. I, I like Absolutely pineapple on not. pizza. I like pears on pizza. One I, of my favorite kinds of pizzas is a pear uh, goat cheese, pear goat cheese and arugula. Oh, I would say I would uh, try candied that. walnuts pizza. So good. I'm good. To like I like Hawaiian pizza. It's, I don't yeah. get it all the time, but it's not like I'm adamantly it's, against it's, it. Yeah. It's just I don't have like that strong of food takes where it's like oh that I mean if you don't like something it just doesn't taste good but like. When Michael would be like, peanut butter is the worst or whatever it is. It's just like, it there's the always worst. these really, is that, did I get that right? It's like See, these really strong, like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't feel that strongly about just it. Just yesterday, <laughs> I discovered that he doesn't like orange juice. Like, there is no end to the things that I discover that he doesn't like. Orange juice? He doesn't like orange juice. Well, we were, we were, we're talking about mimosas. We're talking about mimosas. Oh, I like And mimosas. I'm like, the thing about mimosas is like, I don't really like orange juice. I don't know that I'm, you know, like, like mimosas. So I, what Pineapple I told him- juice is good with them too, if you well, get that. Well, yeah. what I told him is that according to friends of mine, it's n- it's a bad mimosa if it isn't all champagne with a splash of yes. orange juice. Yeah. So part of me thinks that you could, you could do that. Just but the, I like a half and half. Like I yeah. like to taste the orange juice in mine. So. It's just supposed to color it up yeah. a little bit. Like yeah. normally, you know. It's, Spe- speaking of mimosas. Yeah. The, the last uh, uscfootball.com tailgate I ever went to. Uh-huh. The Oregon State game uh, in 2001. So 19 years ago. This wow. is SC wins 16 to 13. Carson Palmer rolls out and double overtime or he ran overtime. that ran that one in, right? yeah, yeah yeah right in front of the the herd and I'm like you were sitting in the herd at the time i think so yeah yeah because you had posted pictures like right after the game me and my dad run home 
to uh, the message board to look at the pictures you had posted. It was funny. But uh, we go to the tailgate because my dad was active on the free P. Is there a name for the free P? We had, uh, back in the day, it was like the peristyle, like we needed a name for the message board. And I like I came up with the peristyle or whatever, and it's been great. But I think it was always like the fight on forum or something, something along those lines. That. Yeah, so that's, that's where my dad was. So we, we went to the thing and uh, there was screwdrivers. Okay. And so my I think you, you made my dad a screwdriver. And right. then you asked me if I wanted orange juice. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm okay. Thanks. Nice, because you were underage at the time. Yeah, I was like 12. Nice. I, I, I love that you guys used to come to the, the tailgates. We used yeah. to love the stickers, too. Yeah. When the morning, like the morning tailgates, you would have, usually it would be a little bit different. Like they, um, we would have like, Dano was doing a lot of the, uh, the, the grilling and stuff. And they would make like breakfast pizzas. He's the one that introduced me to uh, frying, deep frying turkey. So we did that at the tailgate. And I do that now. I've done it for more than a decade. Like I've Jeez. bought a fryer and use, use it every year. <laughs> but yeah, and then sometimes in the mornings you would have like screwdrivers or something. But I used to go to Costco and buy a couple bottles of liquor and like cases of beer or sometimes we'd get a keg. I mean, it was it was insane what those tailgates for a couple of years we did them. And when we got the RV and stuff like that was, it just became a whole lot of work. And uh, we can't really do that anymore yeah. but and yeah. that's before like we actually had credentials to the games like you said it was sitting in the, the yeah. herd um now just being credentialed makes it an all-day event period and then yeah because you you're in there yeah if, if you have friends that are like oh i'm coming to the game i'll meet you like 15 minutes before a kickoff like yeah i've been in the press box for two hours no, yeah, I can't. yeah like, <laughs> it doesn't work that way but right and, and then you guys used to do the stickers i i am super curious how much of a pain in the ass was it to make hundreds of stickers every single week. It was a pain in the Thousands ass. Thousands potentially. So when I back in the when I was an engineer, so I didn't start doing this full time until 2004. So I was doing this as like a side. It was it was a hobby that turned into a business and it started making money and then it was like in 2004 it was sort of like make a decision like do I want to do this right or cuz that and it wasn't fair to my job. I mean, I was an engineer and I was like we working on the website while I've been, you know, working on some computer chip thing. And it was like, okay, so, uh, but we had this big printer that would take these blocks of colored ink. So it wasn't like cartridges. It was like these solid things that you would have to put in. I think it was like four different, there was a black one and then there was like RGB or whatever it was. You'd put those stuff in and it was expensive. And I would take, I would buy like the sticker printouts and do it on PowerPoint or whatever it was, and then print these stickers at work, <laughs> and uh, and it was to, and it was like that's you know that wasn't fair to my old job. Sorry guys, <laughs> but I would do that. I mean I don't think they cared, but I would print a bunch of those out, and then I bought like a used version of that exact same printer, and I would buy like on eBay, I'd buy the blocks of ink because it was expensive and stuff. So I would print them in my garage. People liked it because it would you know you Alicia has like uh, some of the buttons that say like beat Utah, beat Stanford. Like that's yeah. what we would do every time. It would say like beat. Uh, Notre Dame, and then I have like uscfootball.com. And then I, I went to a company. I still have some of these that were just, I just printed generic fight on ones that are nicer. These are nicer stickers. And I, I made like a couple thousand of them. So I, I still, I think I still have some of them somewhere, but we would have people give them out and it were, they were super popular. Like it got to the point where you'd have someone like handing out the stickers and there would be a crowd around you trying to hand <laughs> you them out. You couldn't go to the game without your sticker. Their you stickers were sticker. a big deal. And then some people, like some people tried to copy them and they, they, there was like a always compete or someone made like a, a Pete Carroll saying sticker that was like, 
hey man, they're they're doing our thing, you know. <laughs> uh, but I I had hired like promotional girls to do them, and then a bunch of my friends just wanted to do them because you could they could meet girls like people would come by and they're just like, oh, I want to hand out stickers. You give them to them. <laughs> so it became like a real big thing, like right in the middle of campus and stuff. It was it was fun. I mean, that was a different it was a different time. time where that was more it was more fun than it was like you know this is like a business, but right. it's a business now, you know. Yeah. We still try to do some of that stuff. But, you know, I even for a couple of years ago, we would get stickers and sometimes bring them to the floor of the Coliseum and give them out to the front row. So, like, when the cameras would go by, they would have, oh, like... Oh, that's good. That is, that is super yeah. smart. Yeah. So, like, the, the Trojan Knights and stuff, and then the the people in the front of the uh, the sun deck and everything, we would give them out then, but... No. Yeah. Brian Abraham, marketing genius. Yeah. Did that really help? Like, it's hard to tell. Like, people are like, oh, does that work? I'm like, I don't know. It's, just, it's cool to it get the stickers cool. out yeah. there, but... Oh, people remember it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a great marketing tool. I mean, I like like I said, you had to go to the game with your beat cow sticker, uscfootball.com yeah. sticker. <laughs> uh, it, it it was super cool, and then obviously it said uscfootball.com, so you knew where you got it from. Um, let's take a quick break. We're gonna come back and talk about USC idealism. What is the ideals for what we think USC football should look like? Uh, I know we all have opinions, fans have opinions, so let's take a break and come back and talk about it. Alright, welcome back. We're here with uh, Ryan Abraham of USCfootball.com. You can follow him on Twitter at InsideTroy. Listen to his podcast, the Parastyle Podcast. You can find over anywhere you can download a podcast, parastylepodcast.com as well, and USCfootball.com. Let's talk about USC Ideals. What do we think USC football should be? Ryan, I know this is one of the things that you talk about all the time that, you know, SC should be USC. So many people, you you see it on the P, you see it on Twitter, you know, make USC great again or yeah. those, those kind of things, right? Like like what what does that mean? Like what what are the realistic yet idealistic expectations for what USC football should be. See, for in my point in my opinion, I think the expectations for USC football should still be extremely high. And I think there's a number of different reasons. I talk about a lot the there are still inherent advantages to being USC. You know, it's the Alabama, it's the Ohio State, it's the Texas, whatever you want to say, but it's in a on the in the Pac-12 where there just isn't the kind of competition that you have other places and the the school sits right in the middle of the most fertile recruiting ground and i feel like for me it's almost like you have to screw it up to not do a good job and just having a competent you know uh leadership group around the football program you're gonna go to and win rose bowls i mean in 2016 how many teams in the country could start off one and three and win the Rose Bowl? Like that just would never happen. But for USC, just having a few things go right, you can have that kind of success. And I think it's still valid today. I'm not sure how long that will last, but it still is. And then if you get a really good head coach, you get a really good leadership group there, you can win national championships. And I still believe that, you know, Pete Carroll showed that. Um, I, you know, listening to, uh, we, you know, we talked about, uh, Bruce Feldman and, and Stuart Mandel, they had on, you know, a recent episode of their show, a, a good question that came in of, of all the teams that have won a championship in the 2010s, who's most likely not to win one in the 2020s. And then of teams that didn't win one in that, 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 uh, decade, who's most likely to win one. 
And you know, Bruce pointed out Georgia as one that would be likely to win one. I forget the other team, but he put USC in there as third. Not because of like, and it wasn't about, you know, Clay Helton and the leaderships there. It was more about if they get the right leadership, right. it's all set up still to make a run. And I think that is still the case. And it's USC hasn't put the kind of investment into the football program. And I think it, sometimes you didn't need to, that you could rely on those advantages if you have the right leadership. It's changed though. I mean, it's definitely changed. We're seeing the SEC making so much money in the big in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 struggling and and really not and the, and USC not separating themselves from the rest of the Pac-10, Pac-12, like a, a Texas and an Oklahoma who will make more money than the rest of the Big Twelve. So they're kind of in the they're the the nine hundred pound gorilla on the West Coast, but the West Coast isn't doing so well. So I think you need to make the kind of investment we're seeing where they're going to make more hires on the recruiting staff and, and things like that. You put that kind of investment into USC and you get good leadership. I still think guys, they're right there and they can win championships again. I would still put it as a top five job. Not everyone believes that. But the further away we're getting from the the Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, Pete Carroll stuff, it's it's getting worse. We're seeing the recruiting classes go to a place we've we've not seen before. And I you're risking, you know. I don't think you're going to lose that kind of elite status, but it's going to be harder and harder to get back. But I still firmly believe even with the problems you're seeing on the West coast, as far as like fan engagement, the money you're making, all that, if USC makes the the killer hires, and has great leadership. They're right there and they'll be in the college football playoffs. So that is my thought. Playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? So, so I guess my question would be, is it, is it a, that's an idealistic expectation then for USC to be in the playoff every year or at least be fighting for a playoff spot every year. Is that realistic going, you know, looking at, for instance, let's say 2020, like there was that the Carson Palmer was on the Dan Patrick show uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. And he had that quip about, you know, Dan Patrick was saying, we'll give you your Heisman trophy back when USC wins the national title. And he sort of like cringed and was like, are you going to live that long? Yeah. And then they agreed at the end of the show, like, you know, it's definitely not happening like this year. What What is the how do you process expectations for 2020 then, knowing that we all agree USC can turn this on in a flash if they just get some competent people in there? But how soon can you expect that to to be applied as the standard for if you want to look idealistically and also realistically where you can judge, well, what is a good 2020 season for USC? Yeah, I think, well, a couple of different things there. I think looking forward, if you had the right leadership all around the program, you could expect to go to the playoff or fight for it every other year or so. Yeah. Uh, maybe at the worst, every third year, you're going to win the Pac-12 and Rose Bowls. Because the rest of the Pac-12, it's not like they're they're kicking butt. I think Oregon's taking a lot of advantage of the the, you know, there's been deficiencies in Los Angeles with USC and UCLA. We're seeing national programs take advantage and we're seeing like the Oregon's and Washington's uh, take advantage. But I, I think that's realistic to think that USC could be fighting for a playoff spot every year, you know, a couple years. Um, and, you know, if they're not still winning the Pac-12 a, a good amount of time, I, I think that's realistic. As far as 2020, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Like, And some fans don't want to hear it but this could be a really good USC team. And if you look at the Pac-12 South, and I hate 
when the expectations are, hey, we're this close to winning the Pac-12 South. Like, don't even talk about that. I don't, I don't <laughs> my expectations for USC are still higher than you should ever talk about, hey, we're just a game off of winning the Pac-12 South. Like, who cares? Like, you yeah. beat Alabama, beat Notre Dame, t- and then talk to me about whatever you're doing. But I think you see Utah, they'll probably take a step back. Uh, Arizona State uh, looks pretty good. I think they got a bunch of young receivers that are coming in to help Jane Daniels. and They're they, replacing a bunch of coaches, though. They already placed a bunch of coaches, but I, I I mean, I like the mix. I was as critical of the Herm Edwards hire as anybody, mm-hmm. but he's, he's th- been just fine. He's yeah. He's done a fine job, you know? And I, I think, you know, getting a guy like Chris Hawkins, they're going to, you know, he's someone that everyone was talking about on the recruiting trail, you know? And that I think there's, they've put the, a nice mix of like young coaches that can recruit Southern California with like older NFL guys. And, and it just seems, it seems to be working there. We'll see. They haven't, you know, they haven't got over like the seven and five, Barry, they're basically where Graham, uh, you know, was when he was there. But uh, I feel like there's, you know, they're they're moving up and they might be the favorite outside of USC. But you got everyone coming back. I think the defense is going to be better with Todd Orlando. You know, he you know he's someone that has boosted up where he's gone. Uh, they'll probably utilize their linebackers better. You know, special teams will probably be better just because it's hard to get, get worse. worse. They- they won't be res- probably not investing as many resources in the special teams. I think they could be a good team, you know, but if you're nine and three and you win the Pac-12 South and like, like lose to Oregon again, but you lose to like Alabama, Oregon and Notre Dame, it's like, okay, is it really better? But they're going to, I think they're going to be fine. And I know some USC fans just want to say, well, Clay Elton's the coach. They can't be better than seven and five. I just don't think that's the case. There's a lot of talent there. I'm just not sure after 2020, if you're going to be able to rely on that kind of stuff anymore either. Yeah. Cause the recruiting class, uh, the last two have, you know, taken a step back, obviously the 2020 class more so when it's ranked like 60 or whatever it is right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, as long as the talents there, Clay Alton has a chance to win games. I mean, the knock on him was that he won with Sam Darnold, but he's got Keaton Slovis now. Like there's nothing stopping Keaton Slovis from being the Sam Darnold to win him games. Uh, you know, that team in 2016 had Juju and Adori. Well, this team has Amonara St. Brown and Talano Hufanga. Like, there's still talent enough yeah. to win with that talent. It's just a matter of actually doing it. And like like you said, they can be better. They should be better than they were last year. It might not be represented in the wins and losses, given how difficult the schedule is. But that's still, to go back to your point, Alicia, that doesn't necessarily make it... A successful season it could be um but well given what usc standards are and what they should be like like i've talked about it before what i expect out of usc is very low because i'm just like yeah i, I have you're dead inside <laughs> I, i'm just like i'm not gonna hold my breath waiting for them to be 11 and 1 right yeah but i think the standard should still be there like you yeah. still you you hold the standard up there absolutely i don't think that standard should be lowered at all um, so if they go nine and three with, with those quote unquote good losses, right. To Alabama, Oregon and Notre Dame, it, yeah, like you said, it, it doesn't prove anything, but it depends on how good those losses are. Before we started recording, sure. we were talking to, to Ryan about like, is it enough to just play Alabama close? You know, I, I think the problem is USC in the current regime has to win a lot of people over and, and. I think Ryan might agree with this. The only way to win people over is in big ways, to like win. beating Alabama, like beating Notre Dame, like beating Oregon, and like getting to the playoff. Like that's how you 
change people's minds. But let's say that USC brings in, a, you know, a new head coach. And this, you know, this I'll, I'll bleed into one of the next questions we have here is, let's say USC starts fresh. Maybe we expected them to start fresh in 2020, but maybe it happens in 2021. Over the course of the next decade, from an ideal perspective, what should USC's, what should an average USC decade look like? Not not in the sense of like, we'll win a national championship every year. That's unrealistic. No one does that. But like, what does the decade in in where everyone's doing their job properly and it's not a dumpster fire, what does it look like? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the way this is played out and if like your assumption that USC goes with a different you know leadership group, different coach in 2021, most likely the 2021 class probably won't be very good either. So that'll be two in a row. Two, the, the 2019 class sort of got saved because you had guys like Slovis play. You had and you get Steele come and back McCoy. in. Yeah, so- yeah. There's still some of those impact guys, but there's no Juju's or Dorries in the class of 2020. Like you got some project offensive linemen and stuff. Like there's there's not much there, and you might have another year of that too. So two years of like without the impact guys, I think can hurt. And USC USC's DNA has been about getting those five star guys, even if they don't get any better. They were just so good to begin with. They come in and they play well. You got the Uchenna and Wusus that were three stars that you get developed some of those, but USC's DNA has been about bringing in those stud guys. So you might have another year of that. So I think if you do change all the leadership up in 2021, I feel like the athletic department will be in a better place uh, with, you know, Mike Bone uh, a year under about to kind of fix things. And there was a lot of issues in the athletic department, I think. So I think you would at least made a better sort of like, nest for your next head coach to come in and uh and roost in or whatever um and i feel like they can still get somebody good uh bring them in but it might take a little longer than i thought it would to turn things around like if they if they did something in 2020 but i feel like you still can recruit you can stop oregon from getting the best players in california you get a good coach in there they'll stop doing that you can put a stop to clemson taking the best players and lsu and stuff like that not, not that you get all of them Get back to some of the Pete Carroll stuff where it's still cool to stay home. And it, maybe that takes a year or two to develop. But I think you can get there. So, I mean, I feel like if you get someone like that and they maybe take a year or two to clean things up and then a year or two to be really in the mix, but you could potentially be in a playoff within the first you know three years just because it's not like the rest of the – if you're good and, you're, and people know that it's like, hey, this is USC, people want – the blue bloods to be good again. I think Michael, you were talking about that before and you can win the pac 12 because it's not that hard. It's just really not, you know, there's not, yeah. you, you got to go to uh, over the top of Oregon. Most likely. I think Jimmy likes going to do a good job at Washington. You know, Cal will be good. Their teams will be good, but they're not going to be USC good. USC will probably still have the most talented roster in the conference in 2020. I just don't think it'll be the case. Like you said, when the next coach takes over, but they can get it right back up there pretty quickly. So, you know, if you win the Pac-12 with maybe you know eleven to one kind of thing, you'll be in the playoff talk. And so I I feel like that's a realistic expectation. But the longer we're you're waiting as your USC, and if you have another recruiting class where it's just a lot of the the prospects are like they're just not excited about it. You said you know Bryce Young ended up being the number one player in the country on the twenty four seven Sports composite when they did their final rankings. He was a long time USC commit. When you get a quarterback in a class. They're your biggest recruiters. And he was out there trying and he couldn't get, he's this stud recruit. 
And he couldn't get people to, to, and I think that's part of the reason why he decommitted where, man, I can't convince anybody. It's like, I'm in this club and you're like, this is a cool ass club. I want to get all these people to join my club and you can't get anyone to join. You're like, maybe, <laughs> maybe my club's not, not cool. so cool, yeah. you know? And uh, it's different than like, I wouldn't want to be a member of a club that would, whatever, I forget what they're saying is like, I wouldn't join a club that would have me as a member. It was like, he was a member, he was ready. He couldn't talk anyone into it. And if you have another year like that, it's going to be tough because USC isn't about like a Utah and like, let's bring in these underrated guys and turn them into studs. And you're a Bradley and I, all of a sudden you're a first round draft pick. That's not what USC has been about. It's been about get those studs in there. So we'll see. But I, I feel like it will, it might take a little while, but not too long. A couple of years, I think a couple, a couple of recruiting years. cycles, maybe three at the most, but, but like, so in an ideal USC should be, even if this year is a failure, let's say 2020 is a failure and Clay Hilton gets fired and you are in a tough spot for that 2021. By the end of the decade, if USC does things right, and this is the biggest problem is I have to preface everything with if USC does things right. And I have to be skeptical about that. Like, that's what makes it all very difficult because the turnaround is there right away. So, you know, the next question that we have on this on, on our sheet is what is the number one thing preventing USC from achieving the standard that we've that we've set out, which is we all agree USC can compete for the playoff in an instant if they just get the pieces to fall in place. And it's, right. they're not they're not the sleeping giant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. USC is its biggest obstacle. It's its own yeah. obstacle like you. When you're looking at Clay Helton, everyone around him that's been in a position of power has been fired, you know, and the entire athletic department, basically. And some of the stuff is weird with the scandals, but USC was acting in a way that you didn't need to follow other programs standards. Like there was a, there's a sense of arrogance there where you're like, do we need to hire a good athletic director? No, let's hire a former football player who's never done the job before, never managed, you know, hired and fired people, never, you know, managed a $120 million athletic budget. It's like, no, he's a former player. It'll be fine. He can raise some funds for us and that's all we need. I mean, there's such a sense of arrogance there that you can like, we don't even need to do it the way other schools are doing it. Where if USC just went went out and got, you get Greg Byrne from Arizona who ended up going to Alabama, someone like that, you know, we had heard for years was interested and, you know, maybe Alabama would have outbid USC, but if you go to try to hire someone like that, it makes a lot of sense. They know how to run an athletic department. USC's just gone so long without people that have been really good at their jobs. And it starts, you know, at the top of the athletic department. And not you, if you hired real athletic directors, would you have two FBI scandals and all these, you know, problems extending Clay Elton when you should, like, you know, would you have hired the kind of people, like, would you bring in Lane Kiffin? who had been at you know Tennessee for a year after getting fired from Oakland just because he was part of that USC family. Would you have gone out and got a Sark who was potentially on the hot seat at Washington at the time when you bring him in? Would you get those guys? Would you know? Would you be in a position to have fired two people midseason and had to make tough decisions on interim head coaches on multiple occasions? Like Those are all things that were, self, in my opinion, self-inflicted wounds. So right. USC gets in its own way a lot of the time. And I think if you're a USC fan now, the hope is you brought in an outsider in Mike Bone and uh, people question a lot of stuff he's doing. Certainly like, you know, keeping Clay Helton, people are not exact, exactly happy with that. But he, the, the, the coaches he hired at 
Cincinnati, they have their own process and it's, it's an outside process. I don't know if it's going to be a winning formula at USC or not, but at least it's a different process than just whatever USC was. We're just going to do it the USC way, which was right. not working, you know? And so we're not going to be winging it. Right. And you just hope that that's going to come in. They'll clean things up. They've already made some changes in the athletic department. The hope is that they these guys know what they're doing and they're going to try to fix a lot of the problems that are in the athletic department and be able to, if you do make a change, hire a really good head coach. And you do those kind of things. It's showing you have good leadership and USC can will be out of its own way. But for me, like you're saying, like it's it's really the the obstacles have been self-made. I mean, they're USC obstacles. Well, and then I guess when we say that about USC, like USC is it, this is like when people complain about the NCAA and I do plenty of that. But like, who is the NCAA? The NCAA is just a collection of uh, officials from you know, you know university representatives. So I guess like I think the process of cleaning up USC to make it a situation where they're not falling into these same mistakes over and over again. I don't know when that process stops because I like I said because because you, you're forcing you're wanting someone to have a reckoning. That they might not be willing to have kind of deal? Yeah. Well, so is Mike Bone enough? Is Brandon Sosna enough? Is right. it enough that they got rid of the three uh, uh, people who were apparently connected to the Because the BOT the is still going to be there. Right. Like, is is the BOT the problem? Is is the president the problem? Like, I don't know where. It's, I, it's like a, a, a cancer where you're not sure where the tumor is. You just yeah. know it's there. Or, or, I don't know, the analogy is probably clumsy, but... Uh, I, I guess my question is like, how do we know when when we can feel confident again in USC? And that's one of the things I ha- one of the questions I have for Mike Bone in general, which is not something he can answer. But I am disappointed with his decision to keep Clay Hilton, but I'm willing to give him time if he says he needs to fix the athletic department. I'm willing to give him time to fix the athletic department. How much time should I be giving him? Is yeah. is my big question? Like I don't know how to judge. The time that he should be given to make these changes. Well, the problem is that the answer for that, or the benchmark, or the uh, the metric is is wins and losses, and that's the, the that's the metric that got them in this this problem in the first place. Because, like Ryan said, the the reason they were able to operate this way is because they won so much. Yeah, and they were able to win so much despite everything else. So you didn't need to be, you, you didn't need to have the the smartest plan. Because your ability, you know, outweighed those the, those hindrances because because of all the advantages that you have. Yeah. And if you rely on your advantages so much, um, you can, you know, wheel and deal in a different way that than everyone else is. So if they go back to just winning, I think people stop caring about the process of rebuilding well, the program because then it'll be like, well, they're winning. That's all that matters here's, again. Here's and the so, problem. Define winning because this is the big question. This right. Was, the Which Mike is, Bone I think, question, the, right? the whole point of us talking about, like, what is winning? Well, right? what? Well, okay. So we just went through the standard, the ideal for USC in 2020, let alone the next decade. Is that Mike Bone's standard? Like, because I have said the entire way through, I was predi- not even predicting. I was just being devil's advocate in September and October of 2019, and even in 20 in 2018, saying. You know what? If I were Lynn Swan or if I were Lynn Mike Bone, here's how I would talk myself into keeping Clay Helton. Because objectively, if I look at it, not from the perspective of people who 
have been so steeped in USC that they can see the you know see what the standard and greatness of 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 winning should be. But I could talk myself into if I'm Mike Bone, some patience with Clay Helton. It's been a tough situation for him. Uh, they had all those quarterback injuries, that all the defensive injuries. He just needs a new DC, all that kind of stuff. So like in 2020, let's say Mike Bone is again looking at it and saying, well, you know, he went he went nine and three. Forget that he got blown out by Alabama and Notre Dame and Oregon. Not you know, put those games aside. They still went nine and three. That's winning. Yeah. You know, like so. That's my that's my worry. Yeah. Is I don't know. I don't no, know that I can no, trust bad USC. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't know that I can trust USC to apply the same standard. And this is where we say USC is their own worst enemy because I don't think they apply this standard. No, I think that's a, and I, I think a lot of the USC fans feel the exact same way. That is like, oh, this team, uh, you know, eight and five, like losing twelve games in two years with the best talent in the conference is inexcusable. You can't yeah. do that. And I, my gut is, just from you know, read, try to read between the lines with this new administration, is they do have a higher standard. And I think some of the messaging has changed. Uh, I think there was a tweet from Clay Helton who talked about you know, championships. And I, so we don't, I don't know this to be true. I'm not going to be in the business of predicting when or if Clay Hill will be fired. I've been yeah. awful at that. I've been oh, wrong. We'll, the, the, we'll we'll be, we all have. Right? But we'll all be doing that for the next 12 months. Yeah. Just, I'm going to tell people. <laughs> every like, single podcast. Every single podcast. We're question. all going to get yeah. that question. Yeah. So Any we don't need to talk about it now. People <laughs> ask him like, dude, you guys asked me this last year. And I said, Hey, you'd have to do this. And I was wrong. I'm not in this predict, but my <laughs> gut is, that the expectations had changed. That a nine and three season where you went say you win the South and you like lose to Oregon for the second time, you lost Alabama probably badly. And even if you like play Notre Dame close, like that's not going to be good enough. Now I hate saying that because I mean, you know, it could be completely wrong, but that's the feeling I'm getting where seeing that they've come into a real mess. I mean, USC screwed up that athletic department badly. And did you have 10 years of inexperienced athletic directors running thing? Yes. And as much, you know, I like Steve Lopes as a person. I like Ron Orr as a person. The athletic department has been run poorly for a while. And those guys have been around for 35 years. I Even if they were doing everything they possibly could to try to fix it, you're going to be guilty by association. I think you got to get rid of, like, you have to make well, those kind of changes. And it's possible that you were good at your job at one time, but... Your job outgrew you, and and the the, the college the Clancy fo- Pendergast. Yeah, yeah, honestly, that's what I think happened to Clancy. I think there was a time when Clancy got it, and he lost it. And sometimes it's a matter of the game passes you by, and you don't know how to adjust. Well, that might be the same thing as being an official inside an athletic department. What yeah. worked for you twenty years ago is in the how much has the world changed in twenty years? The year two thousand. Yeah. It's like, just, and it's not like they brought in someone that knew about those changes. If you brought in an athletic director from somewhere else and they're like, I know you guys have been doing this for 20 years. Update, yeah. Here's how we're doing it now. They didn't. So you were basically doing the same system, like you yeah. said, for for so long. And I think that's part of the problem where you just now you're like, OK, you hope this is a new regime. They're going to come in and make some of these key changes and fix things. But it's it really was a big mess. And I think if you're looking at, you know, there's people are getting on Mike Bone. I don't agree with the decision to keep Kelly Helton and all that stuff, but I think the decision was we got to fix this athletic department that's really been run, you know, just, it's been just, it's, it's been left to rot, you know, and I feel like now that's part of the thing. And 
if they can do it and if they can, you know, throughout this offseason, make it a much better athletic department, add the support staff they need, all that stuff. And, and you do make a change after the season. The hope is that it's a better landing spot for whatever coach you're able to bring in. I, I, I think that's what their thought process is. I don't think they're ever going to come out and say that they're going to just support. They're going to support. They got it. I mean, they're, yeah, they're going right. to support Clay Helton, but I, that's my gut feeling. But like I said, been wrong on this stuff before. Yeah. It, it very much to me, just from seeing everything that's been out there and just reading tea leaves and stuff, they sort of, they, they could have gotten rid of Clay Helton or they could have fixed the program. Um, but if they were to, they, they couldn't have done all those things and get an elite coach yeah. at, at the same I, time, which is, which is the hindrance, which I is like why- the theory that, you know, you hear a lot about money. I like the theory that you have enough money to fire Clay Hilton. You have enough money to hire a new coach and new support staff and new everything like that. You might not have the money right now to do both. Right. Because it's the same pool of money. Yeah. That's, and, and whether, or not, I don't know if that's the case, but. That seems to be the thing that tracks yeah. for me. When you're buying, and I talked to some different sources, I mean, when you're buying out somebody, um, and we hadn't heard that there's people just lining up to to buy them out. I think there were people in the in the booster world that were like, "Hey, we'll pay whatever you need if you want to get a guy like Urban Meyer." Not sure that was going to fly or whatever, but it seems like some of that stuff. But you're if you have to buy out a coach for $15 million or something like that's just money flushed down the toilet. It's not like, Oh, that's yeah. going to improve this or whatever. It's right. just, you're just getting rid of stuff. So I, I agree with you guys. I think, I think it's more of, could you have done everything? I, I think you needed to weigh it out though and go another year of Clay Helton. Maybe you don't get the most elite coach that you wanted, but you might be going further. They could have got a Mike Norvell, right? Well, I think so. Like you could have probably got someone like that. I would. Uh, think. My, yeah. I I'm sympathetic to what you were talking about that they are trying to do this process, but I'm I'm in the in the boat that the insanity or the 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 just madness around Clay Helton, you had to just end it, and even if it meant hiring an interim head coach, like. I don't know. Name 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 the most milk toast like interim head nobody. Coaches, you mean like a stopgap? Yeah, as a stopgap. How do you do that though? You because you can't outright all these coaches say that. get five year contracts for recruiting. Like right. Like like how do you realistically name Larry Coker? Like Miami could go with Larry Coker because they needed to keep the continuity of the like the right, best team like ever assembled. Anybody but Clay Hilton is, but, is the way that I'm looking at. Like sure. Like I I, I agree with Ryan. Like. You know, all these things could have been, you know, at the end of the day, we may, maybe the way the story is written, it ends up being good reasons for, for Mike Bone not getting rid of Clay Helton at, the, at that time. Maybe. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. But they still, things were so poor in terms of fan response, in yeah. terms of money, in terms of recruiting and all this stuff, that you still had to make a move, which is why, yeah, you could have gotten a, a, a Mike Norvell. You, you could have gone out and gotten someone that... Maybe it wasn't Urban Meyer, but somebody somebody that other schools like Florida State's a blue blood, right? Like they yeah. went out and hired Mike Norvell, like for for a good reason, right? So th- there were there were other options there, uh, which leads me into uh, us into kind of a final question talking about USC ideals. Ryan, if you were appointed as USC's president of football operations, okay, you're, you're, you're USC's so I- uh, Theo Epstein, okay. What would your platform be? What 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 are you doing? Do you have like a five point plan or something? Like like how are you putting your impact 
on the on this this program. It's funny, you know, I've thought about that before because like we're in the media, we're running you know these websites and stuff, but it's like. You, you think like, man, I could do a better job than what's going on right now. Like, <laughs> like really, right. like, could I be like the freaking athletic director or something like this? Like, I mean, how much worse could it be? Um, but this, you know, the fight song. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> a, I, I don't pass my own criteria. I yeah. definitely wasn't, I've never done that before, but I still feel like I could do that. Like I was never, you know, I learned journalism just doing this, you know, whatever. Like I was an engineer. I mean, I, I have a master's degree in engineering, but it's like, you feel like you're, I, I can be good at stuff. You're like, how hard could that be? You know? Um, I think it's hard. There's a lot of challenges there, but you, yeah. you feel like they've been run so poorly. I think for me, the number one thing is that if you're USC, you have to act like USC. You have to act like you're a power player in college football, which I think the national perception is, even though it's down, like, hey, it's still USC. Um, I feel like they've just bought into like, we're part of this Pac-12 collective and stuff. And John Wilner told an amazing story back, uh, I think it was last year, when in the late 70s, when the Pac-8 was going to add Arizona and Arizona State, the president of USC, the president of UCLA, they wanted it to happen. And Stanford's president was like dragging his heels. And I think Cal too. And they were just like, well, they're, they're not the research institutions that we would want. And it was going to make financial sense for everyone. It, like it was, and, and the USC president at the time, and I forget who it was, Basically, it was like, all right, screw you. We're going to leave then. And uh, <laughs> and it was like throwing their power around. Then Stanford's like, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, oh, okay, okay, okay. And so I feel like USC has got away from that and never will be using, you know, yielding any kind of power and, you know, getting the same share as a as an Oregon state. I get that the Pac-12 is down, but USC is carrying a lot of that with the, you know, the TV revenues and things like that. I feel like USC has to act like, USC. And I think that would be the first thing. And if it takes like, Hey, we're going to go explore being an independent, you know, and it's not the right time for USC to do that just because USC is kind of terrible, but who knows? Maybe just put it out there. Yeah. It's like, Hey, we don't Notre Dame. Let's use shoot. the leverage. Kind of yeah. Thing. Just like, Hey, we're, we're thinking about these things where we're going to be $40 million behind uh, Arkansas. As far as like revenue goes from our conference, that either means, Hey, let's c- talk to UCLA and, and join the the Big Ten or something or the or the Big Twelve or, or yeah like something like that or look at an independent thing and you don't have to be you know amazing for it like you can get a pretty good TV deal just from that you'd probably make a lot more money it's like hey NBC you got Notre Dame you know do you want a second team and there's a, there's what a- is the what is the new Pac-12 streaming rights company Vidgo. 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 Do you think USC could get a better streaming rights deal than Vidgo? I would think. <laughs> Did you see that? There was like a picture of on Twitter where it looked like a, a little strip mall in Atlanta somewhere. Yeah. Like, what is this? Is this some guy's basement or whatever? Yeah. I don't know. That That's strange. I mean, you could do something like that. Uh, the CBS deal is going to be up for the SEC. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's. I think there's options. Maybe it's best to just stay in the Pac-12. And USC has to kind of get their own stuff together. But as far as being the czar or whatever, the director of – what am I, director of uh, – uh, football, football operations. President of yeah. football ops, yeah. Um, I think you got to get USC back so you make the good you know, the good hire. But you act like USC, and then you start throwing your weight around a little bit. And some people will say that's obnoxious, that's whatever. I'm like, I think when USC is really good like that, it's going to be good for the entire Pac-12. Yeah. Ideally, you stay there, but you force the Pac-12 to stop acting – I mean – when when a couple of years ago, when Larry Scott said he would rather have parity than a playoff team, like that was the wrong answer. And I, he's come back off of that since. And I think 
he's shown like, hey, well, football's important. Well, you can have important. both. Uh, yeah, there's not a mutually exclusive right. ideas. That's the problem with it. Well, you like, shouldn't rather have parity. Yes. Like, you should rather yeah. have. Yeah. Your, you should rather have your Alabama. Like, yeah. You want your Ohio State. Do everyone yeah. hate Ohio State? In yes. the in the big yes, but they're the team that's there to like try yeah. to win a championship for yeah, you. Par- parity has a negative connotation. Competitiveness doesn't. So like if yeah. you, you can like even if you're just answering the same way but just frame it different, which is I think the problem that the Pac-12 has had, problem that USC has had, in which the lot a lot of tone deafness in how the messaging is. Uh, we've seen that with the Pac-12. I thought the Pac-12. Uh, Larry Scott last year at, the, at Media Day was significantly better he was in in, in how everything was presented because it didn't start with volleyball and remember the time they had like the volleyball oh my coach they brought in the water the rowing coach whatever and- that was it was the rowing coach from washington who won the 500th championship in the conference and for the first like 10 minutes of pac-12 football media day yeah. we heard yeah. from him and her and that should have been during lunch yeah if, 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 if anything like not that you're leading with it. Yeah, that's yeah. you're you're tone deaf to what everyone everyone in this room is caring about football and right. you're trying to talk about the things that you're good at, you know? It's like we don't care about the things that you're good. The Pac-12 is good at some stuff, but we're here for football. We're here for that's what's moving the needle. You don't right. want to be there to tell everyone, "Well, we're good at this." It's like Mm, no, I, you know, people like the food analogies. If you're at a restaurant, I'm yeah. not going to make this up as we go. I haven't made it up yet. You're at a restaurant, you're going like you're going to the steakhouse and you're like, I want to hear how good the steak is. And you're like, our uh, mashed potatoes are amazing. You're like, well, that's nice. But I want to like, if you want, you got to talk about the steak and yeah. the right. sides or whatever, the salad, what, that's fine. Those are good things. But I want to, if you're, if you're going to avoid talking about the steak because your steak stinks and you're a steakhouse, that's a problem. Yes. Yeah. That That's work? actually a very good. I, I just made it up. All the right. analogy worked beautifully, Ryan. I think it's, like, like the mashed potatoes might be why it's your favorite restaurant. Yeah, but the reason you're coming back is for the steak. Yeah, I think maybe mashed potatoes are even too strong. If it's like, like the we have the po- the most polished silverware in town, like maybe that's better. <laughs> like mashed potatoes are still something you're eating. Like yeah. and I love the good right. mashed potatoes, but like you're like, oh, our, no one folds napkins better than we do. It's like, well, how's your steak? You yeah, know? like that's what G- Jimbo that's kind of what... Jimbo's Steakhouse, the best. <laughs> cutlery in, in <laughs> Southern California. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny huh. we mentioned this because I was at a steakhouse in Dallas a month ago and I don't understand if this was just the proper way to do it and that maybe I'm just a heathen who never goes to these really nice steakhouses, but they kept putting plates down and then taking them away, putting silverware down and taking it. And we're just sitting there the whole time thinking like, is there just a person in the back who's just like <laughs> cleaning all this stuff? And, it, it made sense because, like, we ordered and then we didn't order appetizers, so they took away some little plates. But then they brought them back, like, 20 minutes late. It was... I was I'm at a steakhouse in this Aust- poorly. I was at a steakhouse in Austin that kind of was the same deal, where we ordered and then they took the little appetizer plates, but then they brought out bread. And with the bread, they, they brought, brought bread plates. They brought little bread plates. And yeah. you're like, these... Yeah. You could have just used the same thing. Yeah. Like, we're, I, I don't... I'm not that guy who's like... But, but the water, but like, but the right. water, right? Like, but the wasted water. So there's all the etiquette. I mean, yeah, usually there you have to go outside in on the silverware and stuff. Yeah. Like, but if they pre- keep bringing new stuff, you're like, I don't want to do the wrong thing. Like, yeah. where am I supposed to do here? Yeah. Are you wait? Are you a uh, fine dining? You're you're a medium rare. Like, you're not like a well done steak guy, right? No. Or is it no? no. Okay, it's no. the the one thing that, that would he, be the one like 
Is that's insane. what you would think. Like yes. Michael's bad food taste. You're like, oh yeah, I like a, a I, hockey puck steak. If, or if I, yeah, no, if and, I was and, Michael, I, if I was guessing before I knew this about Michael, I would say Michael likes his steak well done and with ketchup. Yeah. So see, here's, here's the thing about ketchup. I love ketchup. I'll put ketchup on anything. But like, I'm not a dumbass to where I know that you shouldn't put ketchup on steak. Ketchup only goes on steak to salvage a bad steak. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. For leftover. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, you've got leftovers, you're going to make a, a steak sandwich out of it? You I'd rather dip put, it like, A1 or something on it. Yeah, sure. Uh, you, uh, you can dip it in any... Sauce or I love, like, you shouldn't be dipping any... We're, we're talking about random stuff. Let's Sorry. Take, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about more <laughs> random stuff, because we want to get into talking about your podcast. Okay. Uh, which has a ton of food analogies. I do that, a lot that's, of that. that's your new bit. It's a, it's a, I, people, I love like, it. People keep asking for them. I don't know. I like it. Analogies just describe things. Yeah, they do. Well, they do. You know, and it's just. But sometimes you make an analogy and they want to take it very literally. Too far, so yeah. If it's an analogy, and I, like I'm going to get hate mail. So like, say you're making an analogy and you're comparing someone to like. Not you're not comparing them to like, but you mention like a, a terrible person, like an Adolf right. Hitler or something. You're like. You said Clay's like no, I didn't say it was like it, but there was a similar like yeah. whatever. Like R- they were Ryan, rule number one, which <laughs> don't mention was Adolf Hitler. Re- like- re-emphasize this this past week. Just never ever bring up Hitler. Just don't yeah. do it. <laughs> I was funny. I, You're gonna get into trouble. Just one way or the other. I, I used like Joseph Stalin for one. It was like <laughs> where you were like getting rid of like good leader. I forget. Oh who yeah, it was Stalin. For. Stalin got rid of like he, he like killed all his he great sent generals everybody to and the stuff. gulags and anyone who was a challenger to his leadership. Right. Even though they were good at their jobs. Yeah. Right. And so you, you had all all you know, millions of Russian troops that were not getting good leadership because Stalin was worried that the good leaders would take his job. Yes. So he would like, I forget what I used it for, but it was like, I'm not saying you're going out and killing people. It's just, <laughs> it's more of, a, you're like eliminating your rivals. Yeah. Right? And so like, yeah, you don't want to say the wrong analogy. So I try to stay away from those, but I, I put my foot in my mouth a lot anyway. Head, headline, headline on Ryan Abraham compares so-and-so to Stalin. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just got you off track again. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll come right back and talk about the uh, the Paracel podcast and uh, uscfootball.com and its origins. I want to get into the origin story, so okay. we'll get into that up next. Right. Welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio. We're here with Ryan Abraham of uscfootball.com. You know uscfootball.com because it's been around forever, since 1996, is that right? Yeah, crazy. I feel like you guys just had your 20th anniversary. We did. That a few was years four ago. years ago. Yeah, it was '96 uh, when we started. Yeah, it was four years ago. We had a little beach party and stuff. It's been. It goes by fast, you know. Yeah. It was like I started '96 on a site called GeoCities that ended up getting bought by Yahoo. I didn't buy the domain name itself until ni- the next year, 1997. And people ask like, "Where'd you? How'd you buy the domain name?" It's like. It wasn't GoDaddy at the time. I forget which company it was, but it right. was just, it was available. Like back then <laughs> there were things available. It was so early that it was available. U- USC yeah. wasn't on top of all that yet. No, I try, And I, I think the first one I looked at was fighton.com, but that actually was, there's a guy, Gary, that I think he still runs it and he bought it and it's been, I think it's the same ever since. It's a, a bunch of links, you know, there used yeah. to be a lot of web pages that were just links to other web pages. If we go in our Google analytics, we get like a bunch of random traffic from Fight, from on. fight on. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. Cause they, they have links to Reign of Troy, USC football.com and you so people would just go there but back in the day like there was a lot of pages that were just full of kind of links to things and that was like the main one so he bought that and i think i bought uscfootball.com like soon afterwards and uh yeah and i bought like usc 
during the Hackett era was upset because they, I, I don't think Hackett liked the internet because they were talking bad about him. <laughs> so like they, their general counsel approached me about it, but like legally I had the right to the name, but I, I bought some other, I don't even remember what they were, just some other random names that if I had to use a different mm-hmm. one, but yeah, it started way back when. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a long. I mean, we were talking about that tailgate, which was 19 years ago, which is crazy. First of all, Carson Palmer started his career 22 years ago. Nuts. Boggles my mind, and that 120 degree day against Purdue, like that that seems like forever ago to me. Yeah, we flew uh, like in his final season, we flew a banner over the Coliseum. Um, for the Heisman? For the Heisman, yeah. It was like Carson for Heisman. It made some like different um, – it said Carson for Heisman and then USCfootball.com at the end. And people ask you like, oh, it was like $250 to fly it around for like two hours. And I think it had to stop before kickoff or something. Like now there's all kinds of rules. You can't do that. But it flew around the Coliseum and it made like some different documentaries and stuff. So maybe we had a little <laughs> slice in getting USC's first Heisman <laughs> for a while. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so when when you're putting together this site, did you ever imagine? I mean, you obviously were an engineer at the time and doing this other career. Do you ever imagine it could be what it what it is today? I mean, obviously pre podcast. Yeah, no idea. I mean, it was it was just kind of random because being an engineer in the '90s, it was we had computers at work. We had Unix computers. We had you know lap like desktops and stuff and Windows like '95, like stuff that not everyone had a computer at home. And if you did. You might have had like Prodigy or AOL that you would connect to the internet or their version of the internet. And I didn't like one of the, my coworkers made some like surfing web page and he's like, Oh, I'm like, how did you do that? It's like, Oh, you can make a web page and it's HTML and stuff. And I'm like, I had no idea you could. So I started doing that. And GeoCities was an easy way to give it like a, an address, you know, in the world. And it was sort of like, like an apartment complex So GeoCities was like, there was the Coliseum, which was a bunch of sports sites. So you had like, GeoCities slash Coliseum slash like a number. And that was like your address. And so you would go there and it would be my USC stuff or whatever. And then all different kinds of things that people would do. But even when I was in high school, we had an Apple IIe computer and like two phone lines in the house. War games like modem, you know, 1200 baud or 2400 baud thing. And I created a bulletin board system. No hard drive on the computer, only two floppy drives. 512k or whatever it was and so i was starting doing stuff back then where i just found it fascinating that someone could call into my house and leave a little message on a thing uh, on the computer and it would write on the disc and like you know in the the modem would pick it up i was just was always fascinated by that like sort of connection with like the outside world in a random way right and then when i went to usc i was an east coast kid coming from boston i'd never been like west of the mississippi and i was really homesick and i loved to get mail and i started to print out a a, create a newsletter us i called it the usc connection and i would write stories in it and i had like a adobe layout thing on my i had like a little mac computer the ones that had a handle on it you would carry around (laughs) there were like the first mouses and stuff and create those i think the first one we printed out in dot matrix and then usc got like laser printers and the fact that it looked like a book was like the most fascinating thing like wait i could print this myself and it looks like good it's not like dot matrix with the rip off the the, right. the chains on the sides or whatever and like, I, like an accordion it opens yeah up. <laughs> it was there and uh so i the first couple i would write i'd write like i'd do game recaps and i would just write general like los angeles stuff like i worked 
uh, security at the Grammys one year because it was right across the street at the uh, the shrine, and I would like write like the celebrities you would meet, and I, I would create these things, and I'd send all these let like snail mail letters home, and then I would get a lot of mail back, and I was so I sort of so I kind of combined like the 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 bullet the BBS bullet board system from high school with like the USC connection, and once you could create a web page, it was a lot easier. Distribution was a lot easier, and all that stuff, and I sort of kind of put those two things together and then created the site and like i said it just it sort of took off from there so it was it was just you and then who when did you expand on beyond you just ran you know your site that you were running on your own yeah it was definitely just me at the beginning and i used to i coded everything so everything was hand coded html so i just wrote all the code the message board i mentioned there's like pearl scripts in the beginning there was a, a guy arv that was it was TFO, Trojan Fo- I think it was TFO he created. And that was an early message board where you'd have to email him in and then he would like post your message on there. Ours was the first site that ever had interactive where you could go on and it was like this Perl script that you would modify. And a lot of like the sports sites were kind of creating it. You would just create pages of, um, you know, messages and people would kind of figure out the site and come in there all the time. And it kind of grew to the point where in the late 90s and the dot-com boom was going I think we were getting like a million hits a month. Like it was just page views. That's all you would count. But they were paying you for just putting a banner ad at the top money. I thought, I think I was making like three grand a month just on this message board, just traffic from it. So it was like the side gig that was going on. And that's because this was before the dot com boom crash and all that stuff. Well, that crashed. And then you had server costs though, because I was hosting it on your own server. Everything sort of went up. And uh, in 2001, I joined Rivals, and that was the first time they changed the business model. Where it was, they would host everything. They would. Cre- I didn't have to write my own code anymore, and it became more of like a real business. You sell subscriptions as well, and that's when I first. Uh, I think I first brought in a recruiting guy. I had a couple of different guys um, to kind of help out with stuff, and then from there, like in 2004, is when I went full time, and I think that's when I started bringing in more people. But it was. It was kind of slow in the beginning, but then kind of went on. So when did so was it when you joined Rivals that recruiting became the sort of focus? Uh, not not that recruiting is the focus, but like recruiting is. I I feel like recruiting is the in that makes your site or or you know um, some of the other sites out there that are attached to recruiting services. Like that's the pull is that you guys have the recruiting the recruiting info and all that kind of stuff. Like when did that because I don't uh, recruiting was already a big thing when I was grow when yeah. I was getting up there. So like I don't remember a time when recruiting wasn't a big deal when signing day wasn't a huge deal. We would we would still cover it in like the the late nineties and stuff. And there was a lot of uh, like super prep. There was mag like kind of magazines. Remember the parade all American. The parade all American. There would be one nine hundred numbers you could call in and listen. You know, one nine hundred. If you don't know, you call in. <laughs> Like a one eight hundred number is free. One nine hundred you'd pay per right. minute, um, and you would pay for like recruiting information. So it was kind of a strange thing. But we, yeah, we. It, I think they started the original rivals uh, started and went public without a good business plan, and then they went bankrupt, and it split off into two companies. One that ended up becoming Scout. But once they started having more of a national view of recruiting and ranking guys and the four and five star, all that stuff, I think that sort of helped uh, propagate it a little bit 
newspapers generally weren't talking about recruiting. They, you kind of, if you were a recruiting, you had to go find it. Like that's why they had the one nine hundred numbers. So if you're a USC fan, and then oh now there's I can go to uscfootball.com or I can go to WeRC or whatever it is, and talk only USC recruiting. It was sort of a unique thing. So that was kind of a we would still talk about the team, and especially early 2000s, they were doing great. Right. But recruiting was like a differentiator where there there wasn't really any other place to go to get that information. Yeah, you're not reading the LA Times about you know Jake Garcia getting an offer or something like that. Yeah. Like, no, the Long Beach Press Telegram, and I think Lowell Schrader was one of the first guys that I covered recruiting. Like they had their own rankings of Southern California because it was it was a big deal. A lot of the high school football stuff. So there was places you could kind of get it, but it was like signing day it was like waiting months for information not like daily or yeah you know by the minute like you could do on the internet and, and then how did how did it become where you got the site legitimized in terms of being becoming press uh becoming credentialed uh did you like how did that ha- did you reach out to tim did tim reach out to you like how did that work out yeah so about the time i went full time um, in 2004 where it was like, I'm going to, I have this really good career and I'm going to quit it to run this website was like a really weird kind of decision, but it was sort of about the time where we were getting more access. And if I could go to practices and they would like, let you go to practice. uh, It took a while. Like we, we worked with Tim and it would be like a slow process. I actually worked a lot, you know, with the late Gary Paskowitz, we sort of were, like we were competitors, but we were sort of like teammates to work on Tim to like, Hey, what can we get? Could we get an extra field pass? We, you know, as we would build that kind of stuff up. Uh, but when we had the site and, you know, and you're trying to, you know, get more access. Once I started getting more access, I couldn't go to some of the, like the off season workouts or I couldn't go to events. And like Gary was able to, because that's what he was doing. And he was working like at Fox and he was already in media where I was like, a completely different career that was nine to five or more. And I couldn't like at noon, go, go see some workout. So it was part of the reason why I decided to kind of quit. I'm like, Hey, I want to do this right in full time. And we were getting more, more access. And then it was just kind of slowly working with Tim and you know, the, the beat writers, there were used to be a lot more newspapers. There were a lot. I feel like we were, I guess some kind of, you know, Gary and I were both kind of trying to be pioneers right to get, more access and then you know people would come along like if random Troy comes along they know okay you're on the internet that's always one of the big questions i've i've sort of pondered is when you're in new media when it's actually new <laughs> and yeah. like it's something that you have to convince people that you're serious so like was there a moment where you felt like we're we're legit like i'm like we are here and we are actually valid and like people are here for it like you know when you felt like you hit the big time yeah you know it's weird like there's been small ones but just even like we would have like the tailgates and if we would get like two three hundred people coming out to our rv at the tailgate like oh my god like this is crazy like what how where are all these people coming from and maybe just the random you know you're walking onto a plane and then someone just holds their phone up maybe the weirdest one and and you were there was down a few years ago in Austin, Texas, and like wasn't like put together like all that well. I don't know what. I, somehow this worked out. We're like we're gonna have a. And you guys done a lot of them. You did a good job. Yeah. We're gonna have an. We haven't done a lot of them. Like an off season. I mean a, a an out of town gathering in Austin, and we picked this little bar, 
uh, I think it was the key, the key bar, the key yeah. bar. Yeah. And it was like USC owned bar and it holds like 200 people or something like that. And I mean, we're like, I don't know, maybe 25 people will show up and we packed the place and it was raining outside and there was like 50 people in line to get in. And it was like, what the, and it was a madhouse in there. It was insane. They didn't I, have enough bartenders. You couldn't get a drink cause there was just too many people. Yeah. I, I, I went there and like, I thought, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, USC football at com, so there'll probably be like a solid like 50 people there. So like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to say hi to Keely, I'll say hi to Ryan, and then, you know, whatever. And I like, I clocked the bar because we parked like down the street. I clocked the bar before I got there because all you see is this sea <laughs> of cardinal colored like shirts and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, is that the, Jesus, <laughs> and you had to like swim through the crowd. Uh, I found a little place on the side of the bar where there was like open space. And like, I saw Keely. I'm like, oh my God, Keely. Like, oh my God, what is going on? Yeah, it was insane. That was crazy. And my sister came to the game and she's, a. I mean, we're both hams. Like we both like attention and she loves it. And she was just like, I'd be walking around and everywhere I would go, people would like, Hey, can I get a picture with you and stuff? And my, I'd be talking to my sister and they would ask her to take a picture. And she was so pissed. <laughs> She's like, why do you want to take a picture of my brother? And like, she was just like, it was just funny. It just to see like, insane. Like we met, it was a great group, all these great people. And I think some of it is there was a lot of USC fans that traveled to yeah. that game and there wasn't really any kind of, even the official, and this is something USC needs to do a better job of like, the official out of town stuff is more of like this invite only, not for all the random people coming. And somehow they got word that there was this USC event there and and they showed up for it. So stuff like that would be like, wow, like people really like listen to what we have to say. And, you know, you yeah. can, you know, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah. I feel like the responsibility is really on sites like ours and, you know, yours and ours to, to, to make those fan things. Because yeah, it's it's a it's a invite only booster thing, or it's the the band doing a pep rally. Yeah, and, and the band pep rallies are great, but it's like they only last minutes, for so long. Yeah, and then where's everyone going to go after that or before that or, or or whatnot? And so, like yeah, if we hold a meetup or something like that, it, it can go hand in hand and give some place for uh, somewhere to go. We did like Seattle. Did we partner up for that one in Seattle? Or uh, no, I think I did with did. Roy, like uh, with the USC psycho. Really. Yeah. I think it was like, uh, and we had done, we had done Utah like two weeks before. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We were doing, you know, and it was, yeah, we got, I think it was Seattle. We had like a hundred people show up and like literally put it together like the day before. Yeah. So I'm like, Hey, let's get everyone together. Like, yeah, all that's, these people right. Show up. It, yeah. that's right. Because uh, we were, Michael uh, and I were whale watching. Whale watching yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. we were trying to get you to come, but you know, I like like if we do events together or anything, that's fine. Like just to do something for, to gather people, you right. know, it's, a lot of them want a place to go and well, they don't really yeah. know. Yeah. The, that's the thing is that the people who listen to our shows in general, like those are the hardcore people. Like those are the casual USC fan doesn't listen to a USC podcast more or yeah. less. Yeah. Like, like you talk about lurkers. Like I think there are a lot of like lurking USC fans who don't engage with, with USC in the same way as like the hardcore people. And it's nice to be able to, be in a room and meet with other people who are just as crazy as you about this one particular thing. Yeah. And like, I think I know that that's, um, that's one of the things that I've heard from a lot of people is that like my family doesn't, doesn't get it. My family isn't as bit like they think I'm crazy for loving it this much, but then I'm, then I'm <laughs> around all of these other people. And like, suddenly 
I'm with kindred spirits who understand. Suddenly it all makes sense. Yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, those gatherings are, like are really cool. And yeah. yeah, so a lot has changed in the last twenty years, social media especially. Could you have imagined that social media would play a role in all of this like it does now? No, it's pretty crazy. Um, and I, I think it can be, you know, a competitor as well, where you guys see it too. Like, if say you write a, g- a good story on something. The odds are most people are seeing the headline that you tweet out and yeah. they're going to comment on that. And you have to be like, hey, read the story. <laughs> the number of times yeah. we have to go like the answer is in the article. Right. If, if you the just thing click. That you click, on, you click on it and read yeah. it. So and I'm guilty of the same thing. I, I, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it happens. So I think there's some of that. And then when we're, you know, if you guys are selling your Patreon stuff or if we're selling our premium subscription, there's people who are like, I'll just get what I need on Twitter or whatever it is. Yeah. And so it, it's. It, it definitely impacts things. Uh, we used to break little news about recruiting. Um, so a kid would get an offer or something. And some of the stuff you could do um, where it would be like, maybe that's something you drop on the peristyle, like, oh, this guy got an offer. And you're not really going to see it anywhere because you got it from a coach or whatever it was. And now like the the players themselves have a little more power because they can put out They're their own. Out, yeah, yeah, like I got this offer. And then it's up to us to like, confirm it sometimes because like, sometimes they, they don't really have one offer? yeah you'll say like they claim the shotgun tweets this a lot it's like this guy claims an offer from usc just to be careful because like you don't say like right. if you say like he's got an offer that, that one guy who said he he was committing or uh, signing cal? with cal yeah it for everybody it's yeah. so you kind of be careful of that so it's definitely changed the game i spend probably more time than i would like on twitter um and sometimes like during games i'm tweeting more than i would be on my own message boards and, yeah yep. It's so I don't think I manage it the best. I've just started doing some more Instagram stuff. And that's interesting. We do, you know, you're not on TikTok yet. I'm not doing TikTok. I, <laughs> I never got Snapchat. Even like Keely had to understand ex- Snapchat. Keely had to explain to me like the story stuff. Now, I, I think I get stories now. I think I'm doing yeah. a better job on Instagram. She kind of gave me the etiquette, like do a post every once in a while. Not like post every picture you get. But if you got something going on, like I had a good lunch today, like that's a good thing for your story that, that you know. But some people still put like 50 stories a day. I'm like, okay, I don't want to read this stuff. So I'm, I'm learning some of that stuff. Uh, but t- for me and and anyone like young journalists, when they ask you for stuff, it's like you got to be on Twitter. Like Twitter is where you kind of have to be for yeah. for our jobs, I think. Well, were you sort of hip to Twitter when it first came? Like, did, did you come early to Twitter? Did you come late to Twitter? Did you understand? Because I didn't understand what Twitter would become when I first heard about it. I was like, that sounds dumb. And yeah. then it was like, oh my God, this is now my life. Yeah, I was, I think I was, I wasn't super early, but Dan Wykey, who worked for me at the time, he's with the LA Times now um, covering the NBA, but he used to be our beat writer. And he, I think he started our first like uscfootball.com Twitter account and was, I think we all kind of used it, but he was like kind of helping out in the very beginning, starting that up. And getting things going. But he would follow a bunch of NBA stuff. I remember when I had to take it over, I'd like stop following <laughs> a bunch of this NBA stuff. Um, but yeah, so, but then it just kind of, it, it took off pretty quickly. But yeah, the the very beginning, it was, it's funny, um, Brian Fisher, who's, I think he's, I think he's with Athlon now, uh, was working for me at the time. And he was one of the guys that got it as quickly. I mean, he was really good at Twitter from the very beginning and uh, showed me some stuff too, where it was just like, he he kind of got that medium right away. And I, I think it showed like go out and follow people that you kind of aspire to be or, you know, in your group. So if you're covering USC, follow the other USC people, yep. follow the Andy Staples or Bruce Feldman or Pete Thamel, you know, follow those kind of people. And 
And I think Brian did a good job of engaging with people early. And so like you, so you're having a conversation with someone that you, you know, if you're a singer and you get to have a chat with like Lady Gaga, like people can see it, you're like, oh, that makes sense. You know, and I I think he kind of got that early. So I think I learned some stuff from, from him too. You got to learn from the young people with these social media things. (laughs) So that's how it usually goes. Uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on. We're going to wrap this thing up though, with putting you on the rot seat. Okay. This is, is it the, the throne I'm a, sitting a on? New, a, yeah. new segment, <laughs> a new segment here on Minotaur Radio. We'll come right back and finish it up with that. All right, we we're back on Reign of Troy Radio, putting you on the rot seat. Ryan, I'm a little afraid. Like, I don't know. You got cards out here. <laughs> We've got very... three cards. So you've done They've this got... for a bunch of people already, right? There's uh, not you, the first no, one. You are the you first guinea pig, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> we, we had to start with the dean of USC podcast. So, so the, right. the hypothetical president of football operations. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so there's three questions. Okay. There is a USC question. There is a college football question. And there's somewhat off-topic e question. That's tangentially related. Uh, we have handwritten these cards. At some point, we'd like them to be actual legitimate cards here. But so I'm going to. They, they look you. legit. They got the the, the Troy logo, they, they got on the logo on them. Logo on them and everything. So I'll give you these cards. Okay. Open. Go one by one. So we'll start with the first one. So just, uh, the top one. Yeah. Or top, so start with the top one. Okay. Read it. Uh, sorry for my bad penmanship. Okay. And then I answer the question. All right. So due to unforeseen controversy in 2025, the word, quote, Trojans is unanimously deemed uh, problematic and therefore canceled. Uh, So you're canceling the word Trojans, right? (laughs) In desperate need of a new mascot and nickname, USC appoints you to decide what are you picking? Why? Okay, so Trojans is gone. Is it like a PC thing or what was the... Sure. I told told him this this question is going to trigger a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, well, basically you just got you, you have to replace USC Trojan. needs a new mascot. Like okay. they just ha- they have to have a new mascot. Okay, so I think in a couple of directions you could go back to the Methodist, but I don't think that's a very good one, right? Like that yeah. was the previous that's, one. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought too. Um, you could go with Tire Biter, you know, but that doesn't like it's not. But that's like a p- specific. That's not like the Trojan. Like could you're the, the Tire U- Biters, the USC Mutts, the fighting Mutts that chase <laughs> the dogs, fighting like, Mutts, chase cars around <laughs> fighting, campus, fighting Tire Biters. Um, interesting. I don't like the run of the mill bulldogs or wildcats. You wouldn't want right. to do something like that. Like I'd be more of like a banana slug kind of person. <laughs> like those are cool. Um, maybe do like, Oh God, this is tough. Uh, I want something like kind of unique and cool, like a honey badger sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. is there a, like, is it, what, what would be something like, I think Wolverines is a pretty cool one, you know, like right. you don't yeah. get that. But I don't want. I want it to be unique. Unique, yeah. You know, man, this is tough. Being, I'm on the hot, the rot, the rot seat, the rot seat. seat. Mm, See, if I can't think of anything, I'm just gonna say tire biter. But that's, uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know, dude. Tire Uh, biters. I, I honestly like. If USC had to bring back a mascot, like a live mascot, tire biter. I, I dig tire biter as a as a live dog mascot. Running with with the team out of the tunnel. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I think you could go with like a horse mascot of some sense. So you'd like be the, like the stallions. The stallions, but you could call them the travelers. The, so, the traveler? Huh? Yeah, I mean, if you want something regional, like it would be something. It sounds tough. It sounds more like it would be like a MLS name, but like the Quakes or something. Yeah, or, yeah. you know the the, the lowriders. Yeah, yeah. 
the lowriders are kind of like that. Uh, the breakfast burrito. No, <laughs> the LBJs. Uh, there you go. The special seats. If I had to pick them, <laughs> the, random, the only thing I can think of right now is, I guess, like to say the Quakes, but um, I, I'd like a tire biter or something like that. Yeah. Some, I, okay. I want some tradition, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, a school of U.S. East magnitude has to have some sort of tradition. Oh, what, what's the like traveler? What um, like the Arabian? Is it Arabian? Uh, 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 it's a, a Andalusian. Andalusian stallion. See, that's yeah. tough. Could be the stallions. Yeah, it's ah. very generic. Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't doesn't roll that well. Do you guys have an idea? Like, what would you? I th- I, I don't. I, maybe everything the sounds wrong. Everything. Yeah. What my guess would be, you do the thing where like you're branding on like NCAA football, where you can't actually say Trojans, but then you right. go with something that's vaguely Centurions. Yeah, like the Centurions are like Whatever. like uh, uh, the. Um, See, you can't even Senators? use like you can't the, glad- even do, like, the gladiators or the yeah. See, I don't. The cent- yeah, I, I would go with the swords. Um, it's unique, but then the problem is, the Washington Bullets had to change their name because they were the Bullets. Right. Yeah. yeah. Would, would That's swords awkward. be a pro- like? I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But- some guy. Broke into a mall and started killing people with a sword. You're like, that's an inappropriate name. So you right. have to. That's do. that's the next card. Yeah. And that's and that's the the warriors would be too generic and not unique. Right. Uh, blades. The mm, again, that's blades. the bullets problem. Yeah, right. I kind of like that though. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I mean, tr- you could just go with the writers. Writers actually, writers. I wouldn't be opposed. Oh, they all are bad. All of these options the are bad. That's uh, there's a. Uh, basketball school that's the writers you could totally well oh, the red writers you could totally do like remix uh or use like writers on the storm yeah when they, when they yeah. come out yeah. of all right writers yeah writers i'm i'm here for it. And it like the problem is too like if you wanted to use something with the colors like you couldn't be like card like you can't be you the can't, cardinal can't be the cardinal because it's stanford yeah, yeah. so you're kind of stanford already it. had to take their problematic name and, and change it Jeez. yeah they've done it a lot of that. <laughs> okay all right next, next, up. next card your handwriting's not very good, by the way. I know, I'm sorry. You're, Mine's no, worse. It's actually, it's, it's good. Uh, you're elected, it's just small, so yeah. like, you're going to be like reading off a card, you like write it a little bigger. You're elected as college football's college football playoff commission. Commissioner? Commissioner. Yeah. Uh, what playoff format are you pushing for? This, I do like the uh, the eight-team kind of format. I think you can you know incorporate bowls. There's been some different proposals that, I, that I've liked. Um I know there's some people that don't want to reward like terrible, um, you know, conference champions, but I is for the Pac-12 it would be better anyway. But I, I kind of like the the eight. Um, I mean, four is pretty good, uh, but it's just right now you're like the outside looking in sort of thing. I'd love a group of five team to be able to be in there, and I, I think an, there can be you know LSU was probably going to roll everybody this year, but there you know, there's going to be years where like the Boise State of the world gives. You know, Ohio State a really good game, and maybe you see right. something. So I, I kind of more towards the the eight format. Would you uh, have automatic bids in that eight for a conference touch? I think so, and I, I get the arguments against that, but it's sort of like that's its own sort of playoff to begin with. So because it, it does take away from it, it, it expands the playoffs of the championship games, right? Because then those are definitely playing games. Yeah, yeah. But I do think it takes away from a game like SC and Alabama because right now, if SC wants to make the playoff for playoffs, don't talk about playoffs. I, I, you I kidding know, me? If SC wants to make the playoff for 2020, they kind of have to beat Alabama, or else they have to go perfect. And yeah. and the way the way it is with the automatic bids is 
you could lose that game 52 to 6 and still make the playoff. And that that's the thing that I don't like about it. Yeah. But then but then you're still playing for the at large spots. So like that that yeah. matters. Yeah, so if you don't win, like if you go 11 and 1 and like lose to Oregon or something, but right. maybe you can still get an at large cuz you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it works in the SEC. Yeah, that that's tough, but I I would like to see, you know, something like that where it's a, an automated thing. And, and you know, I I feel like you're working your way up the ladder and I think it it matters to win the conference and you could say something like what Clay Helton was saying this past year would what he was saying would make more sense is hey we're still in our you still would control your own destiny if you could still win your division you could theoretically still win the conference and then you could theoretically still make the playoffs so but do I want to see like with you know like an eight and four or nine and four UCLA team win the conference and go to the playoff. It's like, eh, no, but they'll get the eights. You know, I'd rather give them an eight seed and then give like Boise state or something like a six or a seven. And you know, right. not that you have to be in the top five, but if you're a really terrible conference champion, like, yeah, you're the eight seed and get steamrolled by somebody. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. All right. Last question. You know what? Before we get into this, I'm a little disappointed a couple of things. One, I want some more drops. Like I, I you know, Michael and his drops doing uh, all this stuff. Like, stop throwing to the tight end. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also hear a lot about how when I record a show, it's just like record it like we're live. And when when Keely would say, "Oh, Michael's like clapping and stopping things," and we've There's, run through this, there's been no stopping. We have not stopped once. <laughs> we, it is amazing. We, are we are we calling out the potential perfect game? We haven't had a, a stumble or a, oh, at least you're not supposed to say. It. Well, you just you well, were essentially you can calling blame it me out. for that. I didn't know, but I wasn't sure if you're just doing things differently or you no. know that I don't no. like to do that. So you're Ryan, like, we're not going to stop at all. Again, no. we had to up our game I, in the I, presence of a down great. A, a couple of you know bumps to the bump oh, okay. on the table. Or whatnot. So I've noted down mentally or written down the timestamp of that. Okay. But yeah, we've still been running a perfect game. We haven't needed to stop. Mostly because I haven't talked much, which is good because when I talk a lot, that means less Michael is more. That that means that I have to. I hear you're not very popular on the show. I will. People hate me. (laughs) I will say. That's why uh, why I can't come on Tunnel Vision. No, you should come on. Nothing but people hate me. We, We haven't technically had a perfect, perfect recording. Because it did take Michael, I think, two starts. That's true. To get the intro. That's true. But that doesn't like. I heard. I heard the other day you had to you had to redo your intro. I did. I like uh, my like I was coming off the flu and I was like hello, <laughs> and they're like and I just stopped it. And they're like no, you got to save that. I'm like oh, no, that was not. Oh, that would have been fun. The flu was not good. I did a couple of shows when I was really sick with the flu. Oh, that was bad. Like don't don't do that. Don't it's do hard that. to talk for like and if I do like the podcast of champions and like a Dan Weber show, yeah. it's like. Three and a half hours of talking, and you're like, no, that's not. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't know how people do the radio every day. It's. I yep. understand that it's segmented, and See, that you I, got producers to help you, and all that kind of stuff. I could do the radio. I could do three hours of radio every day. You're still talking a lot, and you have to have like you know a lot of opinions. It's funny, you know, we yeah. you gotta wake up early. It's, you know, it's like funny. It's I've been very fortunate to have like a relationship with Colin Coward when he was just, he loves USC would follow me. And then when he moved out here, we just kind of became friends and a lot of people would get on him, you know, cause they don't like his opinions or they said something bad about the Cubs or whatever it was. And, uh, but once they see like he followed USC recruiting, like he would call me like on Christmas Eve and ask about some like four star defensive end. And like <laughs> literally he's just like everybody else as far as like he gets into that stuff. And once they would find that, 
out like they would like, oh, okay, I kind of like this stuff. But you're a national guy. He's going to say a lot of stupid stuff because you got to talk. You have to you have to have too many opinions. I think that's what I don't think there is a national radio personality who doesn't get obnoxious to a certain point because eventually you're going to you're going to you're we we don't have enough time. Like we talk about (laughs) USC football all the time. We're super focused. And trust me. All three of us say stupid things from all time, the time. All the time. Because it's so hard <laughs> to like get everything right. And this it's, isn't necessarily scripted. I, like I we called, might have an idea of what we're gonna talk about, but I called Drake Jackson Drake London all the time. Oh, I do yeah. that every show. I, I don't think I've gotten that right since the two of them came. All <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking is thank God that it turned out to not be Jaden Williams and Jaden Watson. Watson. Yeah. Jalen Watson, Jaden Williams, and then Jaden Daniels at ASU. Like I just can't keep. I'm track. surprised we didn't get Nico Fala and Fala Nico yeah. mixed up more. It's because they played different sides of the ball and they didn't overlap that much. But. Yeah, that that was very weird. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, I didn't mean to derail it again. Yeah. but <laughs> yes, uh, I feel like I've derailed this whole show. Right? No, it's been it's been great. But the yeah, like when Keely would come in here, she's like, oh yeah, Michael's like. There's clapping, there's stopping, there's like, you know, like making notes. And and she, when she records her podcast in our studio, like she'll do that with Shotgun or when they would record, we would do our pregame show with Taylor Mays. It's like a 12 minute segment. I'm like, I want to talk for 12 minutes and I'm done. And she's yeah. like recording for like an hour and like getting it done. I'm like, oh my God. But I, I think she learned from, yeah, from you <laughs> from guys. Like, yeah. well, well, she's recorded here though when we've had to when do. When it's been remote. Remote. So we do the clapping when we're not in the same room because then it, we can align the track. Yeah, oh, because okay, we each okay. record our own track and then we put them together. So that the clapping is a technical thing. Okay. Um, but I mean, great point. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. Uh, so we can we can clap from time to time. <laughs> about whatever. Nice. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the cuts, usually this is what happens. She's talking about something, and I'm on the internet and I'm going <laughs> over to Twitter or whatever, and then she talks for three minutes, and then I have to come in, and then I'm like, I don't remember what the hell she said. <laughs> So then I start with something and I'm just like BSing at the beginning and start for like 10 seconds. I'm like, oh, that's stupid. And then I hit this button, which is okay. it's a buzzer. But like when we record our normal way, uh, the, the sound, the, um, the soundboard is on a different track. So I can see that visually. I you can, see where the buzzer is. I can you know see where the buzzer is. So then I know that's when the cut. So it would be like something like this. You were talking to me, Alicia, and then I'd be like, yeah. And actually, I think that, you know, because of Drake, what Drake London does that on that offensive line, I mean, defensive shoot, God dang it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Alicia, I agree. Because of what Drake Jackson does on that defensive line, like that's usually how it would work. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's it helps out for me because then when I'm cutting and I can, I can see that, that it switches to me. And there's an immediate thing. I just don't even listen to it. I just cut it right there. You just there. know right where it is. Yeah. I think you've called me out before for doing that, like when Harvey Hyde would be on. Sometimes he'll go on a little long. And then, like you said, like I'm looking at the internet or whatever, and then he just stops. You're like, okay. And I'm usually, <laughs> and I'm usually not like, oh, I'll go back and fix it. Unless it's terrible. I usually don't go back and fix it. So right. you can tell a lot better. Like, you need to know what he was talking about. It's really about. easy. And, like, oh, and uh, next question we got yeah. uh, Tarek with the K says uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. We don't have the Tarek's writing it anymore. I don't know why. They're not. We haven't. We had Tarek with a K and a Q like yeah. for quite a while. And then we haven't had him write in for a while. Mm. 
Uh, should I read the last card? Yeah, let's do card. it. I feel now there's pressure because uh, I screwed up the thing, but uh, or potentially you know, make him stop and buzz, buzz me. <laughs> uh, after winning the Powerball, you try to avoid taxes by donating $100 million to USC for the building of the Ryan Abraham Center on campus. What is the purpose of the building? Also, what is what is one food chain you would require to be opened inside? Oh, okay. So I'm donating money for a building on campus. I mean, I think it would have to have something to do. They got enough engineering stuff. I think it would have something to do with athletics. You know, um, I think it would be like the, because USC is so like uh, behind on the support centers, like the USC <laughs> Ryan Abraham support center building. You know, there you go. So all like the, the recruiting analysts, all the the, can, the people that cut can up I, film. Can I request a media room, a oh, media yes. workroom in there with <laughs> with a studio and a, yeah, video like a, stuff. Yeah. Can you imagine a a yeah a, a workroom podcast that everyone can just like everyone's podcast just gets recorded in there. That would be pretty cool. And you could do interviews like, hey, we want to do a podcast with, with Clay Hilton. Whatever, yeah. you come in and you go in there and sit, you sit in the podcast studio and you do stuff like that. I like that. So it's like an athletic support there you go. center. Yeah. Um, what food chain? Let's see. I think maybe as like an homage to when I was in school, you put the Carl's Jr. in there. That's because a it, good pick. It used to be there. And apparently that was like the busiest Isn't Carl's there Jr. there still a Carl's Jr.? There's a, there's a Carl's Jr. Jr. Oh, wait, no, it's not. It's, no, it went away. Like it's, the, it's gone now. It's um The Habit now. Oh yeah, so where yeah. it used to be next to oh, like the, this. The dude. USC I know had a Carl. Yeah, Jr. right, yeah. right. So that's why I say like kind of put it back there um, okay. because it used to be there, and I I think it was like one of the highest grossing ones. I just remember, <laughs> and you could use your like meal points or whatever mm-hmm. to to get food there. So maybe just that would be kind of fun um, for just for what I would like in there. Maybe do like a mini Lowry's. If you want to do like a. Oh. You know, <laughs> Like the Rose Bowl talk, if you wanted to go like high end, that'd be legit. But the, the Carl's Jr. would just be like, you know, because they used to have one. You can get your campus. breakfast burrito yeah. on a Carl's Jr. I did, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I think we talked about this. You guys talk about like talk, like I'm not, uh, I'm not smart enough to get Taco Bell. Like th- there's too many <laughs> options, and I know like everything's like, oh, it's super cheap. I go there and I order two oh, it's things, expensive, and it's twelve dollars. Like yeah. what did I do? So, I'm at Taco Bell. Here's like, the thing about Taco get Bell: get the boxes, the five dollar box, and just don't. Okay, mess. T- Taco Bell is a scam. Yes. Okay. And they have exploited this, and they they know that we're people who just can't give. We have no self control, so we have to spend the money there. So what they do is they have these boxes. And the boxes are cheap. You get a $5 box and there's like three tacos, a burrito, and you get a drink. Right. And you're like, that's an incredible deal. But yet if you bought all that stuff by itself, it'd be like $14. Right. And so like that's the problem with Taco if the If they have a box that has exactly what you want, it's you're cheap. You're in luck. And okay. It's, it's, it's great. If not, is, you're going to be like out like 14 you, But I would do that. I'm like, oh, I want a burrito. Maybe I'll get a soft taco. And, I'll just, and then it's like, yeah, it becomes 12 or $13. I'm yeah. like, how did I do that? I mean, I'm not right. good. I'm stupid. I can't order a Taco Bell. Yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, here's here's the tip for Taco Bell. If you're there before use 11. The app, by the way. If you're there before. Because well, yes, you app. can substitute you, things that are in the boxes. You can be like, oh, there's a. Uh, there's an app for Taco Bell? Yeah. yeah. Everything oh, has an app now. Everything Jeez. has an app and you Damn can substitute everything. It's great. Yeah. But if you're there before 11 o'clock, do yourself a favor, get the breakfast crunch wrap and just be happy. Breakfast crunch wrap. Breakfast crunch wrap. Okay. I do sausage. Um, one, My friend likes steak and my brother likes bacon. So I, I, I love their sausage cr- breakfast crunch wrap. Nice. 
All right. So I, I wouldn't put a Taco Bell in there. It just, I'm, I'm, no, I wouldn't either. I'm intimidated by the Taco Bell. Just, there's, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of options and combos. But like a Chick-fil-A in there would be good. But I mean, probably just Carl's Jr. for the, and you know, there used to be a Wendy's where the village was too. I am too. very oh, mad that Wendy's. they haven't replaced that Wendy's. Yeah. So you could go with Wendy's too. Like just what I remember, like being, you know, going to eat at USC or yep. a Chano's. Like remember like the Chano's yeah. thing? You could do that. You could put a Chano's see, in there. See, I'd go simple with Jack in the Box because- that's my fast food place. You like Jack in the Box? But there is a Jack in the Box down the street. Yeah, that's true. I like your idea of doing the Chanos. Like, like get like just Something like a local, like, like, a local LBJ, like yeah. Yeah, like like a local burrito place. Not a Taco Bell, but like King Taco or something random. Like, Is there still a Chanos or is that gone? Like, it, Well, it's now El, 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 El Wero and it's not the same owners and I don't know. Uh, I've only been there once. I had a decent quesadilla once, but I had their Chilorana. Quesadilla, yeah. and as my mother would say, with, nice. the, tor- with the tortillas and the queso. Oh. Um, I said that like a Russian. The queso sounded different. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it was like a Russian accent. Accents, I think, in the um, yeah, no, uh, I had their Chilorano burrito and I really was disappointed. Yeah. Right. They've got the little Hawaiian barbecue place on the Figaro, oh, too. That's oh, pretty good. oh, no. Oh, no. That's a oh, chain. Oh, oh, yeah. I think it's a chain, yeah. yeah. I just, I love like the Mac salad and all that Have stuff. Have you guys been to Jack and Jill? Jackson, Jackson, Jackson Joe. Joe. Yeah, Jackson, Jackson Joe. That's legit. Never that's a, been. Never been. Oh, I've just heard great things. It's so good. It's a very good breakfast so place. Good. They have yeah. awesome pancakes and uh, yeah. Their French toast with a uh, Hawaiian bread. Oh. See, I'm more of a pantry guy, so. No, love pantry's the, good too. The pantry's there. I haven't been to that one in years. But yeah, the Jackson Joe is is legit. And yeah. a lot of the football players will go in there when we would, you know, we'd go uh, for breakfast and stuff. It's good. Yeah. All right. Well. Coming up on two hours, so I think we got to wrap it up. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's been a long episode. Uh, it's been fun. Thanks for having the uh, the the first. Uh, it's a huge thank you for us. That I mean, honor to to have oh, Ryan no. Abraham, the the dean of USC football podcast, in the Ranatory studio uh, for this uh, new interview series. This is going to be a series that we're going to try to do throughout the off season. Have one of these every month, month or, so. or so, something like that. Uh, where we put somebody on the rot seat and we talk about a specific topic uh, and probably going to be a little evergreeny. Uh, so talking big picture stuff. So uh, it was fun. Thanks for coming in. Oh, and, thank uh, you. The honor is mine, Michael, Alicia. Thank you so much. And it's it's good. I mean, I think you want to support people that do similar things. And I know, you know, I've, for sure you guys do a great job on it. So I love seeing that your show's growing and everything. So I'm glad I could be a, uh, be part of this one. Be in the studio, which is great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Well, we're very, very appreciative of you uh, taking the time to come out to the boonies of way Northern Los boonies. Angeles yeah. County. Yeah. Way I'm out, worried way about out. the traffic going home. Yeah, we'll I'm worried about your traffic going home too. It took a little longer than I thought. Yeah, that's, right. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no worries. Yeah. Well, you can you can find Ryan on Twitter at Inside Troy. USCFootball.com is the website. The Parastyle Podcast is. The podcast, I am a huge fan of Tunnel Vision. So, oh, thanks. Yeah, Tunnel, Tunnel Vision, Vision has I, been awesome. I think Tunnel Vision is the pinnacle of USC content on the internet. Well, I really honest. appreciate that. What, when we had Alicia on. We'd love to get you on sometime. And uh, we're, especially the offseason, we can just get a bunch of different guests. We've been lucky to have people on. But I, I've tried to do that before. We've had like live stream things where we would take all of our equipment to a to, I think we did McKay's, we did uh, Traditions. Yep. 
we had some good, like I had Matt Barkley on it back in the day. We've had some fun things, but it was just such a pain in the butt to get mm-hmm. all that stuff. And like you guys are understanding now, we talked at the beginning, having a studio makes it so much easier. So we have all the cameras, all the audio stuff set up. Yep. It just, we can walk in there, you do a few things, you set up the show and you, you roll with it. So it's been, and the fact that we can do it on YouTube and Facebook and Periscope all at once, you get all these people commenting. So we, we love doing it. It's kind of a unique thing. You don't see a lot of people doing it. So I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, it's good stuff. We'll Wednesday. have to get you on if you you know. We want Michael on there. M- Michael's got to go on the usfootball.com seat, the tunnel vision seat. Rest in peace to the comment. Oh. The, com- <laughs> the, 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 oh. the, the Michael haters will be there. <laughs> we all have haters. There's people like you know. You say one thing and they're going to remember that forever. This like you thought that we were going to lose to. Utah, and we beat them. And stuff. It's like, okay, sorry. You know, it's like, like I'm not omniscient. <laughs> We're all wrong about everything. Yeah. yeah. That, that happens all the time. So thanks for coming on, Ryan. We will see you guys next time. See ya. See ya. See ya. <laughs>